everyone. It's Lonely Arts Club. Welcome back. Um, it's another week. Another week in uh, lockdown, quarantine, isolation, social distancing, whatever you want to call it. We're back. You've got me, Josh, Vs, <coughs> and Ali. How are you boys doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a bit of a weird week. Um, I thought I was doing all right. I thought I was coping. Uh, then halfway through the week, uh, my mind just crumbled into a fucking, uh, like, a, like a biscuit. Uh, it's um, only a matter of time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I see your similes have even taken a bit of a hit. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> crumbled like a... What a crumble. What crumbles. My fucking... Yeah, my, my brain is literally... Uh, it, 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 it's, I'm, I'm returning into just base functions right now. Uh, farting, sleeping... Um, actually not sleeping really I'm, I'm sleeping terribly so it's not even doing that I'm just farting that's all I'm doing now that's all I'm doing oh, in my little well. flat but um, even no, it's, it's dead all right. people exude bodily gases thanks for you <laughs> thanks for you I'm no, I'm no better than the dead people that's, that's maybe not the, uh, the best subject to be rolling out at nah. this uh, crazy time nah. look listen right it's, it's all a bit fucking nuts right now treat it it's somewhat like being stranded on a desert island. You, you, you're you going to be going through some weird times. You might have to eat a seagull. We'll, we'll cross that road when it comes to what's, it. What's, what's the real... So, yeah, obviously, if I'm on a desert island, I'm eating a seagull, but what's... Is that it? What's the... What's well, the... you know, you're by, by, by yourself uh, or, you know, with people that <laughs> you love most of the time. As they keep fucking using up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> what's, what's, you know. what's, what's the COVID version of... Uh, if, if, if eating a seagull is the desert island one, what's, what's, what's being alone in the flat when just... Well, yeah, no, I, I like the idea of like how, uh, sort of like challenging yourself. And like feel, when you're on a desert island by yourself, you're not going to go, oh, I'm going to be a fucking potato and sit on the sofa and cry about it. You're like, right, now I've got to survive. I've got to figure out a new way of navigating my, my new environment. That's true. So I kind of like, it invigorated me for all about five minutes. I was like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a desert island. Yeah, like I'm, I'm captain of this ship. And then about 10 minutes later, I was playing Cod Warzone. Look, <laughs> everyone. Did you, uh, did you just watch Castaway? By any chance. Wilson! <laughs> <with Tom Hanks. laughs> no. Uh, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I, well, I know Ali and I have been talking about this, but like, and when we were just talking about this a minute ago. People like ourselves, we work very hard and we're very passionate about what we do. Even we are taking a hit right now of our um, ability to motivate ourselves. Like, if, yeah. if you've been a potato, eating potatoes, it's not the end of the world. What <laughs> Mm. Um, <laughs> it might going, be the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make him feel better, Josh. <laughs> Eat a potato, be a potato. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a seagull. Um, <laughs> That's the poster, just right there. Just, just look, a potato. I'm clearly not doing a good job of rallying the masses <laughs> in our time of need. Oh man, I found it so like I basically I, I found myself. Almost returning to yeah, like Neanderthal sort of like levels. Like I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I don't feel like I have to be as presentable as normal. I don't wear trousers most of the time, um, and oh, yeah. I actually found myself. Uh, I, I, I had a, a, a like a meeting this week, like the meeting, the meeting this week, um, and I thought, Do you know what, I'm actually going to put on a clean t-shirt for this one, and. Uh, and do you know what? I, th- I actually put on deodorant. I put deodorant on for, for this meeting. Um, <laughs> nice. 
because you know just 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 that thought process in my head is like I, I don't know i just 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 went straight to i was on autopilot just went straight for the deodorant um i was like yeah i feel good i feel good now i feel fresh and then halfway through this meeting i noticed that my shirt's uh inside out <laughs> <laughs> you got- tried mate you gave it your best shot you this this up, fucking scruffy short. motherfucker thinks he can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the the, the drunk in the, in the suit with the, the ties like sort of wonky. Yeah. <laughs> If oh, anything, yeah. it just shows that you've just put the t-shirt on just for that meeting and <laughs> you probably don't really have anything does. on the bottom half. <laughs> what does he normally wear? <laughs> Fuck me. So yeah, oh, so it's like I, I go in there, I'm like, yeah, I'll make you some content. I'll make you look pretty. <laughs> oh, was this with the client? This wasn't just like an in-house. Oh no, this was, this was the client meeting. So, oh, so, so, so we were on webcam to the client and then halfway through, I'm just looking at my little thumbnail. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll just check my little thumbnail. Like, I'll, I'll full screen myself to make sure that everything's all right. And then I noticed that, like, like the seams are a bit, like, like, like not, not as they should be. And I start looking. And then I feel like it. And then I see the label. And I'm just like, oh, no. And I try and adjust my body. So I'm just, like, straight on for the entire meeting. So, like, because if, if, I, if I move... In any direction, you're, it's clearly inside out. Oh, um, that's great. And I bet your body language like completely <laughs> changed. It's, it's, <laughs> no, I shut down. I just like, I, I was literally just like, just my head like know. tilted every now and again. I became a fucking robot <laughs> for that meeting. <laughs> Fuck me. That's great. How, how, how is the Storm and Shelter crew doing? They're doing good. Doing good. Yeah. It's, it's, good. Um, I think everyone sort of is dealing with it differently. Um, some are resorting to sort of like pub quizzes every night, still drinking. Oh, Christ. Um, resorting to. <laughs> it's like that bad. No, no, like everyone seems to be really posy. Like Nick is trying to drive this like Mr. Motivator workout every morning at 8.30, um, which is which is so like, w- when you're in the mood for it, it's great. Um, turns out most of the time I'm not in the mood for it. And I, I, no, I just... No one is. I, <laughs> everyone turns up with little sweatbands on their heads and you're just doing jumping jacks in your front nice. room. Mate, I'm uh, not. Uh, I, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm just like rock, rock out of bed, put on the webcam, and I make try try and make it look like I've been awake for forty five minutes before I stumble into a meeting. I've clearly just woken up five minutes before. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm a joke, mate. No, it's fine. No, it's good. <laughs> no, it's good. Like like we're we're doing all right. I think um, it's kind of just just mimicking what we were saying before. Really, it's just a case of you've got to try and change the way you like you approach getting work um, desert island and sorry it's <laughs> <laughs> learning learning the ropes yeah man it's basically yeah you, it's like you know you you got you got to, got to reconfigure like literally almost everything take people take their computers home um you got to figure out a way to to get all the files to like transfer between people but oh it is a byzantine conduit of nuisances my friends and you are navigating it there were some, there was, there was some words there that, that just my brain did not recognise, and <laughs> they might as well have just been noises right Look, now. Right, Byzantine. <laughs> Let's break it down, shall we? I can't we get, a, get, get a dictionary. Please, Nixon, Ali. <laughs> How's the album realise I'm you... a fucking idiot. <laughs> we, 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 uh, we, we don't need to talk about that. I mean, no one wants to hear this. I want to stress to well, our no, beautiful listenership: <laughs> we're, we're we're not doing shit like this. Was like, oh, I've got my podcast. I've been sat here ready for two hours. Like, <laughs> this, I've got, this I mean, is... if I'm going to do anything this week, I'm going to do this. I don't even have to edit it. It's a beautiful. It's a well, beautiful gig. It, it, show, it shows how much. Um, 
this was like the pinnacle to it because you even came prepared with notes which i don't think you've ever done I did. before i came with notes i'm not sure how useful they're going to be they're mostly things that when i wake up and i, I <coughs> ah, coffee <laughs> Uh, he's so excited he's choking (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Christ yeah the most shit when I wake up you know when you wake up and you have a dream and you uh, you're like oh yeah note it down and it makes perfect sense that moment and then you look at it like three hours later after you've uh, you know eating your eggs benedict or whatever you scum do um, (laughs) it doesn't make any fucking sense Um, so yeah I'm looking at them now like I do, well, I, do I have notes? Well, we'll, we'll, tr- we'll try and deconstruct that. We'll try and unpack that later with you. That'll be a, that'll be a new section of um, unpacking. Unpacking V's. Oh, unpacking V's. Unpacking V's is broken psyche. He's mental. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I came prepared with a uke. I've been busting it out. It's, uh, it's I, I saw that. I, I saw it coming. <laughs> Mate, you know. uh, I've been trying to write hip hop on a ukulele. It's not it's possible, not is it? Oh, bruv. Got like got these like dissonant. Mate, you watch me. I will spin a yarn that like you ain't ever so, worn. Mate, the beat and the and the tunes came from the ukulele there. What yeah, can't slapping you do? it? Wow. Can't, uh, do? Uh, can't drive. Don't have a license. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like fuck, I'm gonna be going and getting in a driving instructor's car right now. It sucks. I like. I literally got up to the point where I was ready for my test. You didn't. And, you take um, your test. You want to talk about that? I took. I took my <laughs> test. I failed it colossally. <laughs> Um, my instructor was like, look, they, 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 they've never ever had one of my students not use a sat nav. So we'll just get you on the sat nav, you go. And I was like, all right, perfect. So I went and took the test. He was like, right, we're going to have you navigate this entire the city using nothing but the road signs around you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> never done that. Literally have been driving like, you know, got my 25 hours in or whatever. Yeah, never man. done that before. Never Mate, had to people, do that. People forgetting how to use road signs, man. It's a, it's a, it's a lost art. I was cutting people up and then um, we came up to like this like uh, roundabout and I had to take like the first exit yeah. and it was like up the steepest hill in Cardiff and I, I went out, I, I fucking stalled it halfway up the hill and I couldn't fucking get it started so I was stalling it over and over again there was a huge truck behind me and uh, just as I managed to like get it up and get it moving um, like because there was a truck behind me whoever was behind them must have thought oh, they're stopping off for delivery or something so they come around the truck and come around me and I almost fucking hit them and I was like oh. I failed haven't I she was like just just finish the test <laughs> like, yeah, well I've fucking written this off yeah no I fucked that up so what, what can't these do drive legally or, or up hills. <laughs> Listen, guys, we've got a guest today. What? We've got yeah, we've Who's got a guest. Oh yeah, I think that's, oh, a, I think that's enough that. inane chatter. Who's that coming ourselves. in the studios? Who's that poking his head in? Though, obviously, we're recording from home. He's on our webcam. It's Mr. George Burgle. Evening, gents. Right, uh, oh, yeah, he's Hello. unmuted himself. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone introduce him or introduce yourself. Christ. No, um, I, I mean, I mean, we'll do, we'll do a little, little, little introduction for George. So obviously, we, so Viz and I have known George for many a year. I think probably from um, like, like recently from when we graduated, like coming up ten years. Surely yeah, not 10 it's, years. But it's about it's about eight years, I think, from the last year of uni ish. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so like George, um, George is a, I'd, I'd call you a creative producer because uh, 
a lot of the stuff. You, you, you have a strong grip on the creative as well as being a shit-hot producer. I'd probably say above most people, your, your ability to get shit done is unparalleled. Um, no matter what the obstacle, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful Under the most thing. stressful, dirty <laughs> situations that I've personally ever witnessed. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, 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 there's two states. There's two states that I see George in. It's stressed and smoking. <laughs> uh, um, bo- both both have a pint in his hand as well so uh it's <laughs> it never really changes it's never really changed um but no dude it's it's amazing to have you have you on here and actually sort of uh have a chat with you how are you, how are you doing uh good thank you yeah, it's brilliant to be here thank you for that glowing introduction and character assassination at the same time it's, uh... <laughs> But just, it's just what we need right now. Uh, I was going to say, um, so you are currently producer for Flying Object Studio in London. Um, That's correct, well, yeah. Way, 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 way back, I'm sure we'll dig up this later. We, we toured around the UK doing a little bedroom live and we've had lots of little projects on the go. Um, but yeah, like, so you, you produce for Flying Object, you, you make shit happen for them. Um, how's everything going with the studio right now? Yeah, it's good um, in some ways. Um, I've been there now for just over four years and uh, last couple of years we've really ramped up. We've sort of doubled in size and we're now producing some quite um, big stuff. We do a mixture of experiential and video. So obviously the experiential side of things, not so great right now. No one's really (laughs) wanting us to put on any pop-up events, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But we just come out the back of a big project, which I know Josh talked about in a previous podcast with Twitter. Um, So that just finished just as this was yeah. happening which couldn't have been more fortuitous yeah, super really. lucky with that weren't we cool. yeah very yeah. cool. lucky when, when you so, say um just 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 for just for people listening so like experiential yeah like what like break it down like what what does that range from like like what what what, what does that entail I mean, I, I don't know if I could give you the sort of the marketing handbook definition of it, but certainly in terms of what we've done, we've, the agency way back before I even started, um, one of the first big things they did was for the Tate Museum. They won a prize to put on something combining art with tech. Uh, it's called the IK Prize, and they won that in 2015, I think. And they got given a budget to go away and develop something. And what they developed was um, a unique experience where you could come in, you got to spend time with art one-on-one by big artists selected from the Tate Britain's collections. And then mm. there was a sensory technology element. So they worked with all sorts of artists and technologists to make, say, uh, there was a painting by, um, I think, Bomberg uh, with like spray paints. And you mm. could put your hand underneath like an ultrasonic thing that would sort of spray paint the patterns onto the back of your hand as you were looking at well, the painting. That's nice. that's cool, cool stuff like that. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, the sort of more marketing side of things, we've done everything from like little pop-up shops with little bits of exhibits to small installations. Like we did a thing for Crabtree and Evelyn last summer where we made ice cream that was flavoured, representing the scents, the new scents that had come out and we gave oh, them away cool. for free and out in the summer sun. So it's sort of all, all scales. That's sick. I mean, it's, it's really like intuitive stuff, really. So like from, from, what, um, from what I've seen... Of, of the stuff that you've done it's 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 yeah it's not it's not just like a a, a, a thing that, that pops up and, and you sell you know you sell things you literally have to and the, and the guys in your company come up with these pretty like mad ideas stuff that people like most of it's like hasn't been done before um and, and they're really sort of intuitive sort of quite mad weird but fun like kind of projects and then along with that you normally have to do like a video campaign right so then yeah, like, so is, that, is that your sort of like, do you, do you take the helm in that? Is that your sort of like, your, you know, your baby, you, you sort of control that? 
Yeah, when we're working on one of those projects, I tend to take control of the video element, working with one of the creative directors. Obviously, there's lots of stuff we do that's purely yeah. video. Um, but with the, with the experiential side, yeah, I normally helm the, the video side of the project or any like little video elements that comes in. But I think you guys have talked about sort of expertise before on, on, on this podcast. But I think one of the things that I pride us in, I think is really important when you're doing something a bit mental, like making an mm. entire exhibition centre based on funny tweets Scottish people have written. <laughs> is making sure that you actually go to the experts. And so we always try and work with like the funniest people on, say, Scottish Twitter, rather than just pretending we know what we're doing. So that's why you came to me. That's why we came to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the funniest person we know? Fuck me, you're scraping the barrel there. That's, uh... yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I am very funny. I've, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've honed the Oh, craft. you're killing it. Fine, thank yeah. you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> but you said you've been with um, with Flying Object for like four years now, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, four so years. I started in end of twenty fifteen. Well, because what was your like? I guess in like a, in a really kind of like brief way. What, what was your path into it? Because we met when you were still in Southampton, right? Yeah. So i I went to Southampton with vague idea about being a lawyer. Uh, I no did philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I I did philosophy <laughs> as my degree. And I studied about as hard as most philosophy students do. Um, <laughs> so, uh, despite Where being... Where has the rum gone? Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of that. Uh, I, I, I was expected to get a first when I arrived. I scraped a 2-2. Uh, and I spent most of my time asking around making films and doing things with the student side of that. And then after yeah. that, I went freelance for a bit. I ran some bars, which was a very weird time in my life. Uh, <laughs> And then I went to work for um, a company called Incubator, which is where I met you guys when mm. we uh, worked together on the Bedroom Live project. Yeah, man. I always find it funny how some people go from something quite academic and then end up in the in the fucking mad world of uh, like creative. Um, it's usually the other way around. Like when I did my college course, um, the, the tutor told us a statistic that like ninety percent of the students on that course ended up being like accountants and stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I, I really feel great about what my choices. Talk. None of oh, you guys man. are actually going to make it. You're all love, shit. Love the music industry. It's so it's so bizarre that like <laughs> it, people glamorize it and like wish, oh, I wish I was talented. I wish I was making music. It's like, do you fucking, you really? <laughs> do you really <laughs> want to participate in this shit show? Where like ninety percent of even famous people have like can't even fucking like scrape together six pence for their their matchsticks. <laughs> like, fuck I mean, me. like, I mean, I mean, V's on your on your animation course. Did anyone give you that kind of prep talk, which was which is like, um, just so you know, this this industry is is dog eat dog. It's very tough, and most likely most of you won't make it. Look, right. <laughs> I don't fucking remember that that place was. Uh, look, I, I was I was absolutely passionate about what I was doing. Like, I, I took yeah. a lot of time into learning uh, everything, and you know I was brutal on myself and other people. And for that, just didn't really get along with anyone. That's mm. why I started hanging out with a film lot, which is why I know you. So you know what, being a cunt got me this far, <laughs> and it's not contagious. <laughs> Guess what? I can cough on your doorknobs, and you'll be fine. You'll still be a lovely bloke. But um, I, try, I try to be good these days. Fucking hell. How's the move been to uh, home studio? Are you, are you working? Like, obviously, you're a producer. You go and you fucking engage with people and you drag them by their ears onto set. But obviously, 
You're not. No, now you're separated. So you're distanced. So what's the yeah. deal, bro? I'm just trying to drag myself to bed in the mo- uh, out of bed in, in the, the morning. morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sleep. <laughs> okay, it's going well then. Good to hear. Uh, right. no, no, how's it all been? Because obviously you, you said you doubled in size. What's what's the sort of like the, the change up in the workflow and and, and that? Yeah, we've just we've just got a lot better, I think, at expanding our team. Like, um, there's an amazing network, obviously, of freelancers, um, and in London in particular, obviously, there's loads, there's a million people you can work with, and we've got really good at like scaling up the team in a way that actually works. I think in the early years, it was nice, quite hard. Nice. Like, you bring someone new in, it's always difficult, mm. whether they're full new full time staff or new freelancer. Um, but I think we've got pretty good at that now. So Wicked. Yeah, That's why you haven't called me in a while then. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> cut that out, cut that out. No, it's all good. I'm, I'm pretty sure I told you I was taking a bit of a sabbatical to work on my own ship. Nah. No? Oh, I didn't tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just, uh, nah, just, just immediate, difficult mate. to work with. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, it's a but, fair assessment. I mean, it's a you know, it's an assassination. But no, no, but no yeah. No, going no. to um, going back to what? Well, yeah. I, well, I, I, the I original guess the question. question yeah. what, how, how has the uh, how has the, uh, the transmute been for everyone? Uh, what you mean going working from home with COVID? Um, well, I, I hope without COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's everyone's struggling in their own ways. I mean, it's interesting because, like, what two out of the eight of us have got um, small children at home, which makes life incredibly hard when you're oh, trying yeah, to work yeah. from home. Um, so, capacity-wise, we're down a little bit because people have got other responsibilities that they gotta they gotta take care of. Mm. But everyone's, you know, we're a, we're a solid team. We're all pulling together, and I think. We just sent in two big pictures last week, so fingers crossed. Oh, that's good. Wicked, um, wicked. We'll and and you've just moved house in London, moved London. House. with all this fucking insanity. You just moved. That must have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I feel like I need to clarify so that we don't get letters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that I moved house with somebody I'm currently living was currently living with mm. to a place of our own without interacting with anyone on the way. We hired a van. We sterilised the van before and after. So okay. I, we felt like it was a fair enough move to make, but it means we've got a load more space. We've got a garden now, which we didn't have oh, before. Nice. Nice. I've got an office, whereas before I was like working on a rickety table at the end of my bed. Like oh, this has massively improved my life. So uh, I only moved two days ago. So Oh man, uh, congrats. Congrats on the move. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. How's it all going? Like, how's, how's the unboxing? You, uh, did you did you go through that stage where you start cleaning out your old house and you find like really weird shit that you didn't know you have from like five years ago? <laughs> yeah, Mate. lots of lots of shit had to get chucked. Um, we've got maybe like seventy five percent out of boxes now. I spent a good five minutes before I got on with you guys trying to hide as many boxes out of the way as possible. <laughs> uh, Still visible. <laughs> I know. Well, it's massive that one. Um, so yeah, so no, good. Mate, love it. Well, I found, like, I was, you know, because of uh, sheer house boredom, I, I cleaned out my desk and I was like, if I, you know, just a That's testament dangerous. how brutal I am on myself. I just found like a post-it night note that said, work harder, you cunt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, thank you, me from five years ago, you bastard. <laughs> Still hide, relevant. Just, I mean, I was procrastinating and tidying, so <laughs> it wasn't far off the mark of what I needed to hear. It didn't do anything. Carried on tidying. So, so you say you just got like a couple of pictures off. Has um, has your approach to work changed? Like, has like have you have you is is the kind of demand on what you guys do um, altered since this? Like, are you providing anything different, or are you just charging forward as you normally have? Well, yeah, because you said the experiential stuff. I mean, you, you can't be pitching yeah. for that. You know? 
Yeah, so one of, we were looking for a couple of clients and maybe doing some stuff around the Cannes Festival um, of Advertising Creativity, which has been cancelled. It was potentially going to be shunted back, but has been cancelled. And so I think the whole industry, obviously, is looking at what to do. We, we never mm. sent any, we never sent any, like, hey, want us to do something for you whilst coronavirus is going on emails? We, we looked at it and we, we wrote a couple out, but, to, but we, we could never quite find the right tone. I think it's, it's important to make sure, as always, when you're pitching to clients, new or old, that you're actually offering like value and you're not just like, yo, can I have some money? to do yeah. some work yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah. be it's always got to be something that's mutually beneficial and that's yeah. hard right now yeah yeah I'm, i mean we, we chatted about this in a previous episode that animation is uh taking mm. your jobs watch it yeah watch it <laughs> <laughs> really good topic to, like, to talk to a producer about is the tension between creatives and producers. I don't know, I, it's, it's something that, that I always have to like sort of battle with. Um, I jokingly say that like producing is like the bane of my life. Um, they're the sort of top, top joke. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> no, no, fuck me. I thought I ripped my jeans. Sorry. <laughs> Are you all right, mate? <laughs> you're, fucking, you're all over the shop. Oh yeah, I'm fine. but no, with like with, <laughs> with with producing, I think I said it last last week. How for me, it's almost like a necessary evil. Uh, it's something I can do but don't like doing. And normally, it's a case of if I come up with an awesome idea, it's the producers that then shoot down my ideas because they're not feasible. They're not safe. You'll kill someone. You know, it's it's uh, you know, it's, it's it's that constant battle that that I sort of end up uh, in with with producers. Um, I guess what's what's your take on it, George? I think it's it's always really tough and like I think we've got quite good at it um, in Flying Object because we all work together so closely and it's when you work with new people that obviously you have to try and find that balance but mm. like you, you describe it as shooting it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's your opinion uh, but you know you could <laughs> I think my job is more if I was working with you on a thing and, and, and I felt it was not not very easy to do i would mm. say that my job in that situation is to work out what the essence of what you're trying to do is and work yeah. out the best way to facilitate that happening like you want somebody to be free falling through the air your initial go-to might be we're going to throw these out a helicopter yeah if we haven't got the budget for a helicopter or a replacement or a parachute these, what about or a parachute, parachute? <laughs> jeez one take we'll just get it in one take that's fine well that's all you're fucking getting by the sounds of it <laughs> Um, you know, there are obviously other ways around that creative problem. So it's trying to, you know, I'm not a creative problem. <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 a, what's a common issue that you normally come up against? That that is like, is there is there something that that almost always comes back, or is it, does it you know, is, is there a repeated uh, offender? Well, we're starting to do a bit more scripted stuff. Um, it's something we really want to do a lot of. And obviously the thing we did with you guys and uh, Twitter was was scripted and working with a mm. professional comic in Phil Wang. Um, but it's, it's, it's not something we've done a huge amount of. And it's amazing how quickly it racks up costs when somebody <laughs> comes back with, you know, somebody comes up with an idea that's got, you know, 10 different actors in. Mm. Even if they've only got a couple of lines each, that can be a, a huge overhead. Whereas getting something to animate them <laughs> might be cheaper. Yeah, we don't, might, we don't need might, flesh. Might be. Might be. 
are are you are you usually the sort of the 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 one in between the the sort of like are are you normally the the mediator in that sense like do you do you sort of like do you see the good in like both sides because it is i guess i guess that's something i could have have seen in you where like obviously producer hats on but at the same time like you said you've got to see the essence of of what of what the creatives are trying to get yeah i mean hopefully you get involved in the process early enough that you can be involved creatively and help and and push the idea in the right direction mm. i mean it's it's just everything in my world is always budget right and it just <laughs> depends whether there is any yeah well i mean uh, through working especially in the early days when we were working together you you you're largely faced with these incredibly small overheads and you know you're going to really cut your teeth in that situation really like learn how to deal with with delegating budgets where it's got to go so i imagine that is only going to be a useful thing as you as you uh, grow as a producer for a larger company. You're going to be faced with uh, any given budget, and you're going to try and get the most out of that. I think that's going to you know really amplify your value as a producer, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes I still get kind of surprised. Like I'm doing jobs where you know maybe the total's fifty k, and we're squabbling. You know, I'm I'm being difficult about five hundred quid, and then I sort of have to remember that the the three of us. <laughs> did a six-night music tour for about five and a half grand. I like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I've spent that on a music license. Like, yeah. what is going on? We, we blagged that pretty fucking well. You did all the work. I mean, I was just fucking sound and occasionally entertainment. We've got some names on that for that money. We got all around the UK. Shit. Yeah. We, Mate, I mean, we, we cut the budget. We, we fucking slept in the van. We were uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking admonished by campus security. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, open up the door. Beer cans falling out. <laughs> we let our hair down for one fucking night. Mate, the security guard at that venue. Jesus Christ. Which, which one? Which one was that? That was when we did Will and the People. Um, I can't remember the campus, and it's it was probably Kent. best not to say. That was but that, I, went <laughs> <laughs> I went outside for a fag. He goes, "Oh, I mean, for a start, red flags. Oh, look at, oh, look at his like he's campus security. He's like, oh, look at all them like uni girls." And I was like, "Yep, yep," and he's like, <laughs> "Just want." And I was like, fucking hell, mate. I don't even know you. <laughs> Fuck. You're like in charge of protecting these like young 20 year old fucking oh, women. Man. And you're saying shit. Like, and he That's literally bad. had a scar down his face. He looked like a bit like a pit, fucking Fuck villain. Me. Jesus. I, I've never gone from like casual smoke to fucking Sphinx of Titan in that, that shut that quickly. Fuck me. I think I think just to give context because <laughs> you, you sort of you you ramped into the guy <laughs> quite quick. <laughs> so just to give a little bit of context there. So what we were actually doing. <laughs> oh, please tell me about the yeah, the work we were actually doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So we were driving around the UK. We went to like five consecutive nights. We had one before the weekend. And we did five consecutive nights, five different unis, about as geographically distant as they could possibly have been. I think it went Cardiff, Sheffield, Kent. High Wycombe, Birmingham, something like that. The last two were okay. And so we've been doing a different gig every night, recording it, multicam. Some reasonable mid-level musicians, like with Kids in Glass Houses. We had... Brother and um, Bones. Subways. Brother and Bones, yeah. Subways. Um, And, you know, it was just mad because it was basically finish the gig, drive for four hours, (laughs) sleep in a lay-by. 
And when V says camper van or however you described it, I mean it was a van with a mattress. Yeah, it's in not the back. not a tour bus. And it had no Captain Underpants sprayed on the side. Captain <laughs> Underpants sprayed down the side. It was, about, it, was about, it, it was about a two-person camper van. Like, two people, yeah. like, at a push could sleep in this. There was three <laughs> of us on a, on a mattress in the back, wasn't it? Like, literally, like, sardines. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like... looking like a proper, like, stoner situation. You're rocking out to Bur- Burning Man with your, yeah. with your sprayed-up van. <laughs> it was Jeez. just gross, man. I mean, like... I... <laughs> I remember when we got to Sheffield, we've been doing this for like two days now, and I was just like so tired and so annoyed with everything. With and I, oh. <laughs> I, I called someone who I went to school with, who I hadn't seen in six years, but I knew she was in Sheffield. And we ended up going round to her house, do you remember? And just all piling through the shower. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. just like use all their towels and then I just disappeared and I don't think I've ever spoken to her again. And I feel really bad. <laughs> that that feel... right there, that's production. That's being a producer. That's uh, <laughs> ma- optimizing the situation. You know what? You burn bridges. Yeah. And you, you know build what? them again. You're going you're gonna, to use gonna a shower. Get, you're going to stand up on the shoulders of others. That's the job. <laughs> Would you guys do that Do that again? Because I, I, I spent like the last week looking at old footage from like my GoPro and camera I took on tour from like 2016, mm. 17, and 2015. And I was like, oh, Christ, this is horrible. Why did Bro, I that, that do was a this? Five star, that was a five star experience in comparison to what but we yeah. did together. Yeah, man. The, the, the tours, because I've was like, i been looking at old like archive stuff for the, uh, you know, of, of Novo's tour. Um, from back when, like we, when we were go, like going across Germany and and, uh, and and doing that sort of like mainland sort of Europe things, like Switzerland and mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was that was like a fucking that that was good. Yeah. <laughs> compared to compared to like like to be fair, like like it was what we were doing with Bedroom Live at that time was so ambitious. Uh, I don't think I don't yeah. think I knew anyone else who was even trying to attempt what we were doing uh, at that level. Um, yeah. Yeah, like but fr- we were fresh, fresh out of uni, yeah. and you're put in a position where you've got to prove yourself. And I, like I, I think that's true of pretty much every profession. I found out recently that, like, even in, like in law, like you were saying, you were studying to become a lawyer. Um, in, in law, you when you join up with um, firm as a as like a newbie lawyer, they put you on pro bono cases, they put you on free cases for like the first couple of years, and you have to prove yourself. It's very in like real careers real professions there's you're gonna be you know putting put that time in for free pretty much regardless of what it is you're doing and, and I think that's people, exactly where we were i think people often you know in the people talk about the creative industries and be like you know oh it's so unfair like people do have to slog and do stuff for free or really hard work and i agree that sometimes it's exploitative right like i don't totally don't agree with companies like giving out free internships when really they could afford yeah. to pay people mm-hmm. but that does also create an opportunity. And we've all here and lots of creative people I know have used that opportunity to their advantage to show what, what they can do. Yeah. And also you have to prove that you're... Pa- I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. Like if you can afford to pay someone, there's, there's a very much like a, a, a moral ring around saying, look, just fucking pay them so that they can yeah. fucking you know, mm. eat. But at the same time, it does put people in a position where they, they have to prove that they really want it. And you're yeah. going to cut the people that aren't you know really passionate out pretty fucking quickly mm. when we, we, we had to spend a couple of years really really grinding before yeah. we got anywhere that was yeah so that that was after um yeah that, that was after the whole bedroom live tour thing yeah v, v's and i just just were in that position where we, we were sort of like pretty much doing free work to get ourselves 
up and running really like you know to, yeah. you got you got to do that stuff to to be in it really sacrifices sacrifices yeah. and there's so many people not willing to do it shame mm. ring the shame bell just to answer your question ali though like would i do it again yeah if i if there was a reason for it right i'm not about to like <laughs> save my budget the 100 quid a night for hotels when i can afford it but if there was a cool side passion project i think i'd jump in the back of a van again I mean, yeah, it would man. suck because yeah. I'm like 10 years older or whatever, but like, <laughs> we'd have a go. Not more spine pain around oh, this uh, part of your life. I, I sleep, sleep on a, a lovely bed. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're about to say the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I sleep on a lovely bed. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm in agony. Why does sleep hurt? When did that fucking take over in my life? It's because you spent two years sleeping in the back of vans. <laughs> your spine will never be the same again. Well, you made me sound like a serial killer. <laughs> Which I'm not. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> on the record, not. <laughs> so, like, so Ali, like, how, how was that looking, like, for you, looking back on that footage? And, and how was... Because, like, because it, it must be weird for you, because, like, you're, you're the ones who's, who's kind of, like, your own producer as well, not only for your music, but also for your talk, yeah, for right? Sure. Like, that you, you are, like you're right in that like how has that changed for you yeah i mean like like george said you know he would do it again and <laughs> i i guess well i, I don't know if i would <laughs> um, it, well, it depends what, what well, I, I don't i, I feel like, like i don't have to do it again but the, th the thing is it's, it's you know to be cliche it's the journey that matters you know not the destination and that's all part of it isn't it like i'm sure you guys don't regret sleeping in a van for like a week going okay. around the country no, and now you know now you can talk about it now and talk about how you can see how much you wanted it back then. Great stories. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I want it that much anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but I want to sleep in the van. <laughs> once you've been on like, you know, a thousand pound a day tour bus, it's... Yeah, you've had, you've had a taste of the high life, haven't you? You're like, you've, he's, he's, had his own, he's, he's had his own en suite on a bus. Yeah. But, for us, but for, us, for us, that like unlocks the next level. Or it yeah, seems yeah, to be yeah, like unlocking yeah, the next yeah. level. Like, is there, a, is there a next level that... You could unlock if, if you could unlock whatever the next level is for you in your industry. As you say, if I, if I said if I said if you sleep in a skip for the next three months, you get a Grammy. Ooh. Like like what's the, what's the what's the what's the trade off? Good cue. Good Do people cue. know I've slept in a skip for three months for a Grammy? Yeah, but they'll think it was part of your creative it's process. Art. That's part. That's part of the album. You know. But, yeah, the Skip Chronicles. The album sounds like rubbish. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, oh fuck's sake <laughs> really <Yep. laughs> rubbish album wins grammy i don't know I, I don't think i'd sleep in a skip for three months for a grammy because surely that's pretty bad for your health anything could happen i think i think i think it's more the um i i, I get what george is getting at is in like what what not an actual skip right, right. <laughs> you know the first four years of my career was that's what it feels like sleeping in a skip to thinking you're gonna get a grammy but you don't <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, you're just in a one bed get... flat with two other guys where's my grammy <laughs> So come on then, who's the biggest cunt you work with? <laughs> <laughs> this is the new section by V's. Give us a little jingle, V's. Uh, who's uh, the biggest cunt you work with? Who's the biggest cunt you've ever worked with? Is it yourself? You <laughs> cunt. Cut, cut, 
fucking, I, you know, I don't play the ukulele very often. Let's not judge. I'm not the cunt here. No. Um, right. <laughs> uh, Silence. So, I mean, You're like, right, let, guys. Let, no, let's uh, let's uh, bring it back to the before times and the long, long ago. Let's uh, let's have a funny little funny anecdote. What have you been doing? Well, what's uh, you know, who's a cunt? <laughs> Yeah, I assume you're 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 uh, you know uh, equated with your own experiences. Um, <laughs> so. um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, we did a I did a film shoot in India a few years ago. Where I don't know if you have ever been to India or done any work over there, but there's an awful lot of corruption and an awful lot of uh, mm, bribery. Yeah. And um, we were working with a local production company and an amazing first AD mm. who was getting everything done and it was still incredibly tough to get things done. And we were all queuing up for lunch, and I saw there was two policemen having lunch at craft services, and I said to, said to the first AD, we have police on set now? What, like, what's, what's going on? And he said, oh, yeah, they've come down, and they're going to shut us down unless we pay them X amount of rupees, which is, was about 150 quid. And he disappeared off and gave them a brown envelope, and they left us alone. We had all our permits and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy that guy's brazenness because we had a pretty successful, um, very famous Bollywood actress uh, was taking part in the filming and he clocked her at, um, at lunch and came back with his entire family at the end of the day shooting <laughs> for, a, for a photograph with her. Which already, I guess... already, already bribed him, and now he's <laughs> always family. already bribed him. <laughs> I said, I, I, you I should asked... have got into a curb your enthusiasm situation where you like, ask for the bribe back. No, <laughs> I've already, already bribed you. I've already bribed you, and now you bring your family. You come with your family. I, I think that's an extra bribe. The... That's <laughs> double bribe. <laughs> like you take it, like that's that's two. I need I need to bribe you again to let your family like what? No, no, you can't do that. He's like, <laughs> I, was it an awkward situation? Did you have to, did you actually let him through and, and do, do? It wasn't my call. Like the guy, the guy who was the first AD was local. This was not my world. I did say to yeah. him, tell tell him it's hundred and fifty quid because that's what we paid him to eat our lunch and leave us alone. <laughs> Like, what's, what's, what does that come through on the on like obviously when you get back looking at the budget looking at the actuals and stuff what does that come under can like like what, what happens are you allowed to put write that down in terms of like i think like, it was but, down as i think it was down as sundries which you know <laughs> oh i see accurate, like, accurate. <laughs> yeah i like that petty cash. you can get away with a lot on the sundries line uh <laughs> And like it's such a cash-based society anyway. No one's got any receipts. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, so, so you, you've done quite a lot of work abroad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where have you gone? So obviously you've been to India and stuff. Yeah, a lot of Europe, India. I guess the most um, interesting one was last year. No, hang on. Where are we now? 2020. Year before, um, I went to Iraq to film a no uh, short doco, which was as weird as it sounds it was quite a strange experience um, but it was amazing and wonderful and not nowhere near as dangerous as you think it's going to be what was that on what was the what was the subject it was for it was for youtube so we'd done a whole project with them about refugees in 2017 we took six youtubers to work with six refugees around the world and mm. one of the youtubers from that hired us herself with some charity money that youtube had given her as like a grant to do something interesting yeah. And she was supporting a charity for um, women who'd been adversely affected by ISIS. There's a lot of ISIS widows and a lot of um, forced brides that are now in these camps all across um, northern Iraq, mostly in Kurdistan. And so we went out there to film the work that they were doing as a sort of a fundraiser thing. So we were out there for, I think, six days, seven days. 
but it's 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 a weird mixture of utterly mundane and utterly terrifying like the yeah. journey in you can't fly there direct so we flew to like i think austria and then got a flight from there and like you get to above the city and then the plane just does this corkscrew down because they can't fly that low what? over like the countryside well, it's like, so like, a, like, get... a dr- like a dramatic drop like it's just like so out of nowhere like <laughs> Like sort of, well, it's, it, it's not. It's not. not they just terrifying. turn the engines off. What's their reason for not flying low over the countryside? I, so they don't get shot down by missiles. Right. I'm guessing. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, one, to no one really talks about this. But you know, when you're watching, you're having your pretzels and you're watching the little map, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, we're we're at thirty-six thousand feet, and we're four kilometers from our destination." <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> and then you just go into this one continuous like ninety degree bank all the way down and then just lands and then you get off the plane and there's just planes with united nations written down and that's it there's no like commercial airlines it's that's that's very strange and Mm. we were driven around by these secret service guys and these like blacked out suvs that they could they were just they were just driving through red lights cutting up traffic driving so badass (laughs) i mean one one of the guys like they all had pistols on their hip this guy just like had this magic kalashnikov where you never actually saw it at rest but every now and then we'd get out the car and it would just appear from under his jacket (laughs) and you're like where did did that come from what but then but then you would also find yourself you know just sat in a cafe eating a kebab and it was just normal it was just like normal <laughs> life was happening and everyone yeah. was super friendly and super nice and yeah. i didn't feel ever feel particularly friend i did almost get well i, not, I, I won't say i almost got shot but i did <laughs> this this one, one of our security guards he very clearly told you must protect rosanna who's the talent that we were working with and you know these guys are like expendable <laughs> <laughs> i mean they are I don't really care you know what it doesn't even matter if they make it to this to the set yeah exactly we are we are on the outskirts and the guys that are looking after us are like absolute hard as nails secret service boys you know they look after the, the people they had before us was like boris johnson like they're they're, they're looking oh, wow. after the book the big boys and i was staying back while they were having this little walk and our cameraman was filming them and the cameraman tapped me on the shoulder and went that secret service guy keeps on getting in my shot so i ran <laughs> along this gravel track to like move the secret service guy out the way so of course i run up behind him on this gravel track and <laughs> grab him by the shoulders and pull him oh, to the that's, left uh, yeah smart move to make against the fucking <laughs> secret service guy in a rut yeah the casual yeah, yeah, yeah. run and grab yeah he, he, he spun me around and he had that gun out the holster as quick as, <laughs> quick oh as you like <laughs> and it was in that moment i knew that was fucked. <laughs> fucked up. yeah that was um Bless him. He was mortified. He spent the next three days like apologizing to me because <laughs> sorry, I almost I shot you. <laughs> well, you forget. You forget they have a gun. Like we spent most of our time just hanging around, smoking fags, and talking. Like you forget that they're actually trained killers. <laughs> did you ask? Did you ask him if he's killed anyone? Um, that his his English wasn't great, so I had to use somebody else to translate, and I, I felt thought, like I thought- that was a weird. I thought I thought you were gonna say you had to use like hand gestures. So you like yeah, you, you'd be like you'd be looking at him. You'd be like, "You kill anyone?" Like doing that, like 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 slicing the neck sort of thing, like pointing to him. It's like you kill anyone? Like looking around, and he's like, "What are you asking me?" Like, who do you want? Who do you want? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, is pi- who, is pi- who has pissed you off, handsome man? Who has pissed you off? <laughs> <laughs> no one. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's, it's a guy called. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Oh, no, fuck, I go, excuse me, I, mate. I, 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 <laughs> excuse me, mate. 
<laughs> I'm quite happy with my real name not being on the internet. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it. Bleep, bleep that. I mean, I, I remember the days of these when you wouldn't let anyone take a photograph of you. This is this is new. Yeah, yeah. You know, shit changes. I haven't got any funny thing, funny no. shit to say about that. I apologise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Handshakes, guys. No more handshakes. Yeah, they could, just, they could just go away with completely. I'm going to try what? it. Don't want to touch you anyway. No more handshakes ever again. Never enjoyed it. Just bow. What's, yeah. your, preferred go- What's your preferred alternative? The little bow. Just the little not bow. even fucking attending the spit thing where I've got to see him in the first fucking place. I was like, spit at them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll just get cough. Good afternoon, <laughs> Miss, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and good to see you, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, a, it's a cultural thing. It's like when you go to Japan, you are gonna you're gonna bow because you have to respect the tradition. Here we spit. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Just go with it. Go with it. He's 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 a big name. This is what we do in Polynesia. Polynesia. Is that a place? Can be. I know. <laughs> Um, I'm just thinking, like, I don't think I did a very good job of talking about the tension between creative and production because I'm trying to make sure I don't sound like I'm bad-mouthing the creatives I work with. But I think what would be interesting would be to talk to you guys because you're on the other end of the spectrum and I think you all will have in very different ways. Josh within a company, V's with uh, freelance clients and Ali from the music world. Like, when you have to interact with someone who is just trying to project-manage something through, um, how you how you feel about that and how you make sure that what you yo, want to yo, achieve yo, it. Yo, 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 yo. You're asking, asking the hosts questions? <laughs> is that yeah, not allowed? One. I think no, we'd be an annex for, from our own podcast, this boys. This is great, this is great. The George, George <laughs> yeah, no, Bogell okay, takeover. I'm producing this podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how do you feel about it? That's the... <laughs> yeah. so, so, so the question is... I will is, be taking notes. <laughs> oh, well, please grade me um <laughs> what can you summarize the question again it's, look it's been a long day you just woke up don't catch me in a lie <laughs> all right please all right <laughs> So Ali, obviously the, like, the role of a producer in the music world is very different, but presumably there's still somebody there like counting the money and allocating studio time against budget, or is that something you do yourself? It's all me. I am the top dog, the big cheese, <laughs> the everything. Um... It's a very different role, though. A producer, a music producer, and a producer in like a in like a visual company. Because a producer in the music world is someone that actually like makes it's a director. music. Yeah, but, exactly. We yeah. we don't have the same sort of thing. I mean, as an artist, you would have. No, I don't really think that about myself. I don't really. Okay, this um, <laughs> is the small print. <laughs> as an artist, I'm not that much of a prick. As a creative god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not not the big cheese, medium cheese. I am the medium cheese. cheese. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, like as an artist, I guess you might have a, like a manager uh, who kind of mm. does this stuff. He'll find you your people to work with and put you in the rooms together, which is what a producer would do in the film world. Uh, like, you know, because you guys are always talking about this on the podcast and it's stuff that I, I don't really know much about. I'm very removed from it all. And so I'm just sitting like nodding. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but... 
it was I, I don't work with people amazingly well to be honest um <laughs> i i kind of prefer a lot of the time just to get on with get on with the work in my own space in my own time i don't like deadlines i don't like pressure or stress um so I, I feel like I'm a bad example of how explaining I'd, how this I'd, goes I'd, in the I'd music say you'd world. Hate, you'd hate my job then, <laughs> which, oh, yeah, is, which yeah, is for sure. entirely that. I would hate. I want. I want to live a life of leisure. Um, <laughs> but but, like, but, but is, is there anyone in your um, in your world that is that sort of um, is that role like 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 George said like either like a like project managing or something like like is there yeah, somebody okay. who well, does say say like the project is an album then you will have maybe the A&R person from the label who is mm. the person who works with the artists and signs them who will be like uh, really kind of facilitate facilitate things like put them in a room with so-and-so producer or hook them up with so-and-so, which is the same thing a manager would do as well. A manager would usually count the money mm. or the accountant would, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really know where... There's, there's like the director is the artist, I guess. They're the ones with yeah. the vision that they use all the people around them to try and um, achieve it. I, 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 you're, you're, you're quite an anomaly though. You, cause, cause you, you fill, you have so many hats, you fill so many boots. Like you're, you're doing a lot of roles that normally are assigned to, you know, you have a producer who is like, I guess the director of the album for, for the artist. And you, you'd have like a separate sort of all these roles that you end up just doing yourself. Is that because like you said, you don't want to work with anyone else. You'd like rather just have your, like, it's 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 that I feel I wouldn't be that at home if I'd like flown off to LA to work in a studio with some producer or it doesn't have to be LA it's just example uh, <laughs> throwing that out there you know it's 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 what people do when they reach a certain level they think oh I need to go to here to do this you don't need to do that you can you can record a great album with a, a shit mic and do it on your own and you're sorted um, I I just you know I just don't feel at home in those situations I'd rather work on my own. Um, large scale events don't i do not like what 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 advice would you give to anyone like who maybe like similar position to you doesn't doesn't like the idea of, of other people coming in chiming in and altering like your output your work like what, what you're doing like what advice could you give to somebody who's thinking of like going it on their own like like putting those yeah like, like, like you know i'm not against it i do work with certain people in like small ways but you know as as an artist i'm predominantly on my own but i guess and the advice would be the best thing i ever did in my whole life is learn how to produce music because mm. it's it means that you know in this circumstance circumstance where we're in a, a lockdown i can get on with my work whereas a lot of artists these days are now stuck at home not being able to produce their records they've been working on for like months true yeah yeah um so my advice is to learn how to produce music easy oh well <laughs> yeah the, the, the new masterclass from ali lacy just do it only 12.99 a month <laughs> i'll just look just for some music. youtube videos yeah, yeah. Hey, just do it stupid <laughs> but like, like as a folk musician like um i'm gonna use that term loosely uh musician it's fine <laughs> <laughs> bands 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 um like you you kind of play the role of like the band that as a producer you'd be sort of um delegating stuff to anyway so like in my, in my position i work with vocalists and there is a bit more of that factor of trying to get everyone fucking, you know, herding cats, especially with fucking rappers. Oh, my God. <laughs> trying try to get everyone in the same place at the same time. <sighs> um, 
Yeah, there's downsides to working on your own. And yesterday I spent a while recording drums for a track and I... I sit across to the side of my room with my Bluetooth keyboard and trackpad. And so I can like, um, I scale up my screen so I can see from across the room and I record <laughs> it. And then I go back to the sit down and, you know, play with what I've done. And I realized that I hadn't recorded any of the kick track. I, I just <laughs> somehow deleted it from across the room without realizing Amazing. I was too far away to really see. So I had to do, redo that all again today, which is bullshit. So if I had like a producer sat there, they would have been like, hold on. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've, I've got a little bit of uh, envy for the live room, recording room situation. Like, I, mm. I, I love when you go into a recording studio and it's just like a desk with a big panel of glass, and then the room yeah. on the other side, and like the, the communication you can have. I think that'd be great as well for, especially mm. in my situation where I want to be able to hear someone else's voice and then be able to kind of direct them in terms of energy and how I think that, you know, it might sound better. You know, I'm completely secluded away from that. Um, yeah. But when you are by yourself, you, especially if you're a vocalist, I think there's some, um, that you, you kind of, uh, you, you can do anything. It doesn't matter if it's shit and you can kind of remove that, you know, tension from yourself. You can really try some new stuff out and, yeah, yeah. I, when I used to do vocals for myself, I used to have a lot of fun with it because I just, you know, see how loud I could go and I'll uh, shouty and screamy or whatever <laughs> without, you know, feeling judged by someone going, what the fuck is he doing? And <laughs> exactly. Like if you live with people or have neighbors and you're a bedroom producer, there's always that like recording vocals that you kind of like don't want people to hear or like, oh, do I sound yeah. stupid? <laughs> you know, unless you've got perfect confidence, which is consolation mm. prize for no talent i mean when you've got perfect confidence usually that's joined with you know just being the fucking shambles of a human being yes christ <laughs> donald trump mate can you just <laughs> fucking knock it off <sighs> do, you, do you think that's why musicians end up working like i always feel like musicians end up working a lot with like people they know is that partly because like i was well like, like is it because you have to build up that trust like for that like, person yeah, to let it, them in it, it, it's way more of an intimate thing than, I guess, maybe making a film or an advert for someone. You know, while it might mean a lot to the director or something, it's you can. It's maybe a bit more frivolous to cherry pick people to work on it, but with with music, you feel like you know you want to connect to something. Mm. You're trying to evoke emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with 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 like video stuff, that is still super important as well. Like, like yeah, I I get what you mean. As in, like. I, I guess like you're looking for somebody like you, you need that deeper connection whereas like in in with a with a film crew I guess if you know somebody can hold the ladder they're, they're, they'll do yeah. a good job um but on a lot of our stuff I, I often find like the whole like the producer role is the enabler of that sort of um like like the set environment the the kind of the connection between everyone like, it, it's super important to have a crew that all um gets along and, and keeps that sort of positive kind of vibe as, as i imagine it would be super important to work with somebody as like with music who gets you who understands you who understands where you're going that's yeah that's what does actually weirdly and en end up happening on on film shoots and that's why a lot of um people you know you you find your sort of like production family in that sense once you find the people that that you know work together like well like it's like why would why would you not then yeah you know keep using them and, and for a lot of our stuff yeah we i guess we have our sort of um go-to people depending on what you're shooting if it's a documentary i know i know who i'm calling like if if it's uh, a commercial again we know who we're calling because you know they, they each sort of have the different skill set that you need so um 
I guess I guess because yeah. I don't work in the commercial music world, at least like I haven't for a long time. Um, so everything for me is completely from an artistic point of view, yeah. and it's not like oh, I have to make this project to please this certain person. When mm. I think you do, maybe choose different people to work with in those circumstances. Yeah, yeah, like 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 people who are efficient, who sort of can look, who can interpret, and then sort of make it happen. I think. Yeah. I think that's that's what that's what I do love about producers. I th- I think like as much as I joke about like you know oh, they, they 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 squash my sort of you know like dreams, but actually what they do is is enable like me to do what I do. Like they 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 look at my stupid idea and go, all right, okay, I kind of get what you're on about. Let's make it happen. And I fucking love that. I love that sort of mindset of of um like I don't know like that. There's there's certain like kind of like like uh black boxes uh um in in terms of thought processes that i always think like cool okay i i want i want somebody sort of floating in water to then transition into this uh and and i can see it in my head i see the visual but then somebody else like a producer will be like okay cool so you need a visual effects you need a you did and they start breaking it apart into these little sort of like tetris cubes of different shapes and they piece together this this production and it's just like for me that's mind-blowing um because I can I can make it happen on a small scale. You can just send me out with a camera, but then to get it to the next level, you need that person to come and sort of break it apart and build it and take it like to scale it up. And, and like, that's, that's what I sort of like admire in, in producers and stuff like, like we had like Chris last week, George, like you're, you're really fucking good at it as well. Like sort of just seeing the problem and just being like, fine, fuck it. Let's find our way around it. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, I guess, in that in that moment, like obviously, a lot of productions have a lot of like kind of shit going on. Um, what's what's going on in your head then, George? Like, like if if you if someone presents like a problem to you and goes, uh, "This has happened. What what do we do? What what's what's the what's the thought process like? Well, how does a producer think? Do you like that that shit hit the fan moment? <laughs> sometimes sometimes like if if it's something that's actually manageable it's really satisfying to work out a problem there's there's always things like i was on a shoot once and the the kit truck turned up at like 7 a.m we had one day to shoot and i was finishing my coffee and one of the camera assistants came in and went oh cool we've got dolly track and i was like i didn't order any dolly track and they'd sent the wrong truck right it's just entirely full of dolly track None of our cameras, nothing. And that, that's oh, the sort of problem. That's the sort of problem you don't like because there isn't really a solution to that. If you've got no cameras, there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna fi- we'll film it all on the phone. It'll be fine. You know, <laughs> like, like you, just, you just have to wait. But when it comes to a creative problem, like particularly if it's something that's cut, like you've got a little bit of time to work with, it's a bit like, like to use a slightly hackneyed sort of metaphor, it's, it, I feel sometimes a bit more like a conductor. And like when if Josh comes through with something mad, I'm like, okay, well that's going to need an expert in this and an expert in this, an expert in this. We're not going to get a load of flutes in. We're going to get somebody who can play the bassoon, <laughs> and we're going to get somebody on the French horn, and I'll just make sure they work well together. Not not just like I think one of the dangers is from my job is trying to assume that you can fix all the problems with your very basic set of skills or the very basic skills mm. you, you have. Like the job we did recently, Josh, like I've never had somebody doing live VFX comping before and it made such a huge difference. And that's such yeah. a specialised job, but it solved so many problems. Mm. And so it's, 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 it's yeah. It, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't. I, <laughs> I was just about to say like, another really shit metaphor, but I can't no, do I quite, it to myself. I quite like that because 
I, I, I maybe I feel like a bongo player trying to play the bassoon now. Like I, I get that <laughs> while I'm trying to do something in the studio. It's like, I'm not good enough for this. Why am I trying to do this? I need to, I need a producer to make, make this better. It's, 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 got, it's got to be tough though, Ali, because like obviously, like like let's say, let's say I'm working on a project. I've got George there who who would say, "Uh, hold on, mate, think about this," and he's like, and they'll go and sort it. You have to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah. How does how does how the fuck does that work? I don't know. There's, there's a lot of like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is shit. Ah, oh, this is great. Ah, oh, this is shit. Ah, oh, this is great. So you end up just talking to yourself, and like, if someone was to look in through your window, they'd be like, you like looking looking left. Yeah. And like, oh, actually, I like it. Then your head turns right. And you're like, well, oh, well, I don't know. I think it like you just like weird like Harvey Dent to I'm like slapping myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be better. Stir it, stir it. <laughs> Oh mate, Stupid I've worked by, worked by myself for too fucking long. Like I just, I'll be my, my head's whirring like three hundred miles an hour, and I walk into the kitchen to make a coffee. I'm just like, "Stupid cunt!" <laughs> Fuck's sake! I just confront myself with a with a problem. I, I don't know. I'm always how, thinking how, about how, but shit. How, but how do you have that conversation? How like how does that work? Because like I think my head would explode if I had to try and think about that stuff as well. What stuff? Uh, what well, you know? Just 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 a, like just, how evalu- self evaluation in terms of skill set. Um, almost like that sort of take, like for me, it's the taking away from that artistic side, like that creative side and be like, right, how do I like implement this? How, how do I create like, that's problem solving, man. I love that shit. I love that shit. I love figuring out a problem. I mean, half of animation is just fucking problem solving. You're trying to go, I need to make this like a shot happen and I have to go from... What happens? What happens? Do you do you ever kind of work on stuff and it doesn't look how you thought, and you end it's like, well, this hasn't turned out right. Why? And now yeah. I have to redo All this, the time. right? All because the time. like it's easier in animation as well because you, it's not like you've just blown a shitload of money on on a on a shoot. You've come back to the editing room and it doesn't fucking work. I, I was, you can I was fuck it up and then reading something or watching a video about how when you're wrong, it actually can cause physical pain. You don't really realize that being wrong causes physical pain. And that's why so many people are just like, I'm not wrong. I'm just like in denial and hate being wrong. And maybe that's what happens when you you fuck up a recording session or you've been working on something that doesn't turn out how you want. And it's like, I was wrong. I don't like this. And you kind of hide away instead of trying to fix it. I think maybe. You 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 have to overcome hubris. You have to overcome Mm. your own sense of fucking self aggrandization when when you're trying to make shit like I, it's taken a long time for me to get there and go like look i'm, I'm not going to be able to crush everything and that's been a, a really interesting part of, of my my music making process working with like vocalists and occasionally instrumentalists it's really great to step back sometimes and let someone who is a bit more specialized in like like working yeah. with um uh, <laughs> incredible jazz saxophonist i've never played a fucking wind instrument in my life i ain't got the fucking lungs for that you nuts it's he was gold <laughs> and he came i mean he was loud as as fuck and you know probably pissed off a lot of people in my neighborhood <laughs> but you know I, I it's better than you know I, I could have problem solved it i could have gone oh i could download a virtual saxophone and play it on the keyboard which i did initially mm. um you know nothing, and that's nothing, that, yeah. that, that it's only uh, when you work with someone like that playing like an amazing saxophone part that you realize how much of an asset they are yeah like whenever yeah. i whenever i first recorded strings or saxophone or anything i was like i'm so glad i put this in my music and it's a testament to working yeah. with other people. It does it does improve what you do by a lot. That's that's the thing. Like a lot, I, th- I think Ali, you asked if if there ever been like moments recently where like whatever I've thought up like has has it turned out any different? And actually, like weirdly enough, there uh, I 
on the big projects, I spend a lot of time like storyboarding and finding references and then working with like DOPs and stuff. Um, weirdly, like a lot of the work comes out almost exactly how it's like, how is it, how it's storyboarded and stuff. Yeah. And that, that only comes out through that work with, you know, with, with specialists, with, with, with people like, like, I don't get me wrong. I love going out, running around with my camera. Um, cause, cause I, I like that idea of just, just fucking around and then like, the the creative process and the, and the thinking on your feet that problem solving as a filmmaker um like i love the reactionary stuff coming back like like going out sort of like getting this pool of content and then making it in the edit that is as much of the like the the creative like process as as, as writing it and storyboarding it there's there's two there's two different worlds there and i'm i i, I really i i love both um so it's it's yeah I, i'm i'm happy uh, sort of going out on my own doing it but then also I love the results when you do work with specialists when you have somebody who's like 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 George who's conducting like sort of from you know from behind you and this thing that you've written turns into this amazing orchestral score mm-hmm. and you're like oh fuck that's that's uh, that's, that's fucking cool yeah. um so it's, it's a it's a crazy sort of profession we have when when you could do that but like no I, yeah. I, I love it maybe, maybe we could summarize this whole little bit just saying like just you, you can be hard on yourself in a constructive way, there, there's such things. Like I said, when I'm, I'm walking around the kitchen, I call myself a stupid cunt. Like they, you know, <laughs> it, it it can be helpful if it's meant in a good way. You need to, uh, you know, to fi- figure out your skill set and figure out what you're good at. And sometimes it is good to say, you know what, let's give someone else a shot. And let's, uh, you know what, let's let's shake hands, invite them over, and you know we can, you know, sneeze on each other. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> the time to be doing this. You know what? Go it alone. Desert <laughs> Island. <laughs> what a pivot from the big summing up to just nah. nah, nah. Well, no, fucking do, do you know what? <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, Shit. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's important. You guys, it's great. It look, you all look. What's so important? Good today. I've lost. I've lost track of what's oh, important. Do, 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 do you know, know I've lost I'd track like to... of what's important. You know what? I'm not wearing socks. I haven't done in days. Good lad. I, I'd like. I'd like. I guess I'd like to sum up that bit just by asking George, like, what from from your point of view what tips could you have for people who like like to to work with a producer like what's what's good what makes a relationship work with a producer um obviously there's a huge amount of trust both directions like uh, trusting each other to to help each other and to do the right thing but i think making sure that you break it down and making sure that as i said earlier like if if you want if Josh wants to do something mad, I need to know why Josh is doing that. Not just what he wants done, but but what what's going on in your head? What are the what is the effect you're trying to create, or what's the message you're trying to yeah. tell? Because those little nuances are going to mean the difference between whether or not that lands, uh, whether or not the audience like it, and that's hugely helpful for me. And I guess some of the worst relationships I've had have been where it does become. Uh, a conversation where it feels like I'm just saying no or it feels like I'm just saying we haven't got enough money but in in reality what I'm saying is I don't know why you want to do this (laughs) and and we can't but maybe we could do something else together if I knew if I know what you're trying to do yeah so bring the producer into that thought process as early as possible my friends, he worked. He worked with Michael Bay quite a bit on Transformers and no way. some of some of the other movies. And he was saying he used to get to go on set, and Michael Bay would literally like 
in the middle of like a scene, he would kind of just change direction and be like, oh, I want a helicopter to slam into that rock face. And <laughs> they, they, they would be like, uh, uh, have we got to do this? Yeah, we've got to do it. Oh, yeah, and they, they, would, like, they would just like make his shit happen for him and like follow his crazy dreams of just exploding that's things. That's the, that is the fucking dream. Oh, yeah, want, at one, at one the, point, I want to be like having like a, like, a, like a sit down talking head corporate video and all of a sudden I'm like, no, I want ninjas. <laughs> on on like, the day of shooting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why do you want this? Uh, fucking ninjas. It what needs it. <laughs> but you're such a big shot that they're looking around the room like, have we got? To, yeah, yeah, we got to do this. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, look, I want my we, job. We've got some, look, we've got some <laughs> get, get black dressing gowns in, in, in <laughs> uh, out in the trailers. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure we can get some balaclavas down the road. Let's. We're on. We're on. That's your job, George. Bring me ninjas. <laughs> Well, so that's the other way of doing it. But, you know. Trust. I trust you can do this, George. Five minutes of ninjas. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It is a bit of a tangent, but... Um, we're all working from home right now and we're all like acclimatising to working at home. And I think it's important to show some appreciation for the people that aren't working like jobs in, in the supermarkets mm. and, the, and the hospital workers yeah. that, you know, we're sat around complaining and, you know, making light of the situation. We've got it easy and it's, yeah, it's not what's going on. And I, I feel so grateful for those people that are actually... You know, not oh, not just on the front lines. The, the the you know the nurses that are dying from this thing, but like the people yeah. just in the supermarkets that are genuinely in harm's way, just running a fucking till. Yeah, and like it's nuts. And if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, like thank you for taking care of us yeah, little fucking. I don't know, man. What is wrong with us? We need to <laughs> reflect and yeah. sort it out. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I th no, I completely like second it. I think, I think it's fucking amazing what people are doing right now. Um, hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, take care of one another. Fucking hell. I think that's a natural wrap up. Give us, give, give us a little song about George to wrap George, it up. We've driven around the UK together. I fell asleep in the front of the van, of the van. And my trousers fell down while I was sleeping. Thankfully, you were still asleep at the wheel. Um, yeah, it was a good that time. Actually, did good that actually time. happen? Good time. I'm, I'm not in... Oh, Jesus. Thanks for coming <laughs> on the show, mate. I haven't seen you in ages. No, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, dude, thank you so much for coming on. It's been... Uh, yeah. I, I bloody love working with you, and it's actually... Uh, it's, it's great to see you, even a, a time as weird as this, but... Um, yeah, appreciate well, it a lot. Easter. Oh, you mean <laughs> the Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what a weird time. What a weird time. <laughs> Thank you very much, boys. It's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, see you all soon, hopefully. Yeah, Mate, thank right. you very much. And to sing to sing us out is me. No, on the you again. <laughs> Look, I've, I've... <laughs> you've been Josh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up there. Then you've been listening to me, Josh, Ali, Peace. George. Well yes, done. Let's get out of here. Sign out. Sign out.